0: Phil is a failed skydiver and a bear, sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks
1: a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. When the
2: guests, alcohol, BHP Town
0: Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS. He's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol.
2: So, okay, party people, we're doing a simulcast. Episode number 54 of the Development Hell podcast. With uh, And if you're following along on Google Hangouts or if you're watching the video afterwards, you can finally see what I look like if you don't know what I look like. So I'm also joined by uh, Ed. Ed, you're going to wave so everybody can see it's you. Hello. Ed. Uh, so we're doing something different this time. We've hooked up with Phil and uh, Ben from the PHP Town Hall podcast, although they tend to do more of the video chat stuff, whereas we know we have faces for radio, so we prefer to do uh, to do voice only. So, uh, before we get going, we want to thank our awesome sponsors. Ed, you always handle the
1: sponsors? We have a couple of really good sponsors this week, and I think these guys are really going to blow you guys away. Um, they have been coming up through the ranks. I think people have been watching them, you know, when they were, like, minor leaguers, when they got pulled up. They got drafted and got taken into the, the developmental stuff, and they've really just tearing things up in double-A AA and triple-A ball. Um, uh, and these guys have just busted into the, the big leagues. Um, they have their uh, all their papers signed. Uh, they have all their uh, forged birth certificates from the Dominican Republic, and now uh, they're ready to uh, really hit the big time here. Um, they are uh, Wonder Networks. You're supposed to applaud when you hear that. Everyone's really excited about them. Okay? It was, yeah, very good. I like yeah. that. Yep, and um, our buddy Paul Reinheimer and his um, uh, friend Will Robinson. Roberts. It's Robert. It's um, uh, um,
2: Paul just got engaged, too, so congratulations, Mr. Reinheimer.
1: Yes, yes. I'm, Congratulations to him. Condolences to his fiance. And uh, I make a joke. And uh, that was so, anyway, uh, Wonder Network, uh, they make a thing that lets you see what pages look like on different uh, uh, places. So you can have a proxy that says, I would like to appear as if I were coming from Peru or South Africa or... Uh, the Indian subcontinent. And then you get to see that and you find out, hey, my website, it looks right in Peru, but in South Africa, something's wrong with it and it doesn't look right and I need to fix that. So uh, that's a big thing they do. They also have a VPN service that's uh, useful for um, uh, tricking things and people, but in a nice way. It's only They only do nice things. It's only if you do nice things. I think the policy of that. It's like you have to do it for good and not evil. Um, that's not true. And then also there's Rove, uh, and those guys are... Uh, um, I think that they have said that they're moving on from PHP Nuke, and they will only be doing... Um, uh, I, I don't know. They're just... It's all now just computers with... Uh, televisions and uh, things of that nature. Um, It's this thing uh, called Web TV, and I guess they've moved on to that. So uh, they're gonna be just, if you wanna make sure that you have a site that works well on a Web TV, uh, those are the guys to talk to. And my understanding is that they can come in and they will uh, spiffy things up Uh, on your website. They will do an eval. They will do a uh, what they call a rejuvenation. Um, they rub your pages down with a, sort of a, uh, it's like a, a pumice stone um, to uh, leave them soft and uh, malleable. And uh, then it will work well um, on your uh, CRT television. So if you want to talk to them about that, uh, or they might still do PHP Nuke stuff, I'm not sure, uh, but maybe if you ask them nice, they're still going to do that. Um, you want to talk to them about those uh, s- those things, and they can hook you up with that. So that is that is Rove. Now I heard a rumor about Rove though um, that they might hire people from out of the country, and I was kind of disturbed by that. I think we're all we've all seen the movie Gung Ho um, and are concerned about the invasion of uh, foreign uh, uh, investors in the United States and how they're impacting our economy. Um, so do we have a representative of Rove that we could talk to? Maybe we could bring them on. So,
2: I'm sure I can find
3: some of that work for Rove. For those <laughs> listening in at home, that was the sound of Chris waving like a fucking
1: maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i the for you. modern technology.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Sorry, it's, it doesn't help if I break character and laugh. Um, <laughs> so I've heard that... Uh, so Chris is a representative of Rove um, CyberTech Incorporated. Um, is it true that uh, you are not all American citizens?
2: That is 100% true.
1: Now, when are you planning on uh, converting to uh, the true uh, national faith?
2: I don't I mean I get paid in freedom dollars now so I don't I don't really think all I right. need to change anything.
1: All right, all right. Um,
2: I, I love your currency and I like when the Canadian dollar dives down.
1: Okay. Have you rescinded your medical coverage?
2: Uh, no, that's mm. as long as I remain here I'm covered so it's good. I'm I just have a, my com- my company does work for Rove. It's a it's a business to business type of setup. Not to so You do b
1: to C. You do the B2B web TV stuff for that? Correct.
2: It's very lucrative. You'd be surprised. That's my next book on cool. uh, how, to, how to get embedded PHP working in a web TV. It should be very interesting.
1: Yeah. I had seen a thing that where you could track shipments uh, on uh, semis across, across North America on your web TV device, uh, and they were represented by fuzzy pixels.
2: Yeah, we're working on sharpening that because now with all these devices being retinified, it's it's about time we updated it.
1: Now, is that like a is that a thing like in Star Trek Two when they had to do that scan to like get into the information about the Genesis device and they had to scan their eyeballs? Is that what it was like? Is that what you mean?
2: No, it's WebTV's license licensing Apple's technology for retinifying the screens to to increase oh, yes. the resolution, so it won't be still so fuzzy anymore.
1: Oh, that's nice. I think we're all excited about that.
2: Extremely excited. I'm sure Evan. Can't, I'm sure Evan, my boss at Rove, cannot wait to clear up any misconceptions people have about her involvement with WebTV.
1: Okay. Yes. I, I think. I think what we understand is that um, there could be rogue uh, foreign agents involved with Rove, um, and we will investigate that further and get back to you guys. I'm pretty sure so, it's Gary Hawkins. Yes. Yes. Well, we've all heard his name. I think I don't
0: need to say anything more.
2: All right, enough about our sponsors. Thanks for the money. We've already spent it. All right, so Phil and Ben, what's going on?
0: Hello there. Um, not a not a huge amount. I'm I'm happy to be back in the land of freedom and bald eagles. Uh, been traveling around a little while. And now I'm uh, now I'm back here for good. How
3: about you? good, or until we get tired of you again.
0: Well, yeah. I'm currently working on a green card to make sure this this uh, this shit never happens again. If you end up getting a job, which you get a visa, which ties you to a very specific job, and then that job goes bankrupt. You're going to have a really bad time, is how that works.
3: So what's a, as someone who was born in the best country in the world, I don't know the process, what's a... Canada? Exactly?
2: You mean you moved to the States from Canada? That's amazing, dude. I didn't know. <laughs>
3: I was actually... Instead of the stork, we're carried by bald eagles in uh, America. It's a little-known fact.
0: Mm. You can keep that, So We're just the best country in Europe. Um... <laughs> The, the, <laughs>
2: the best country car. in the British Isles. Go
0: ahead. Absolutely. Well, that's a little bit controversial. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the process for getting a visa is a real pain in the ass. Um, it takes. It costs for the for the O1 visa, the fancy one, it costs about eight thousand dollars. And uh, and then if you need a new one, then you have to pay another eight thousand dollars. So that's exciting. Um, the green card process seems quite simple. We've got to like have a whole medical check to make sure I'm not full of Ebola and uh, do some other security checks. It's going to cost about 1000 What about um, the AIDS? All that AIDS you have? Is that okay?
2: Did you just say purity check? Because you're going to fail that one for sure, Phil.
0: <laughs> security check, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they do a drug test, so I'm fucked. Uh, but, uh, no, I Actually, we can tell from your eyes right now. <laughs> I don't know why I look so high. I'm not quite sure what's going on here. But that's just
3: <laughs> have you been a few days without alcohol? Maybe that's the problem. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's it's top top, which is basically fruit juice. I do apologize, but um, it's that's not the case. Uh, How about you, Ben? What's going on with your life?
3: I am back home in lovely Alabama for the holidays, and I say lovely with as racist of sarcasm tags as possible. And it's been uh, it's been interesting after being away. Uh, That's about all that's new for me. I'm in a a lovely hotel room because no one I know in Alabama has a quiet house or Wi-Fi together. (laughs)
1: Yep. So,
2: so, uh, so you rented a yeah. hotel room just to do the podcast? That's because impressive. I love you guys so fucking wow. much. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> is that an hourly rate that you're doing? Or?
3: Uh, there will be an extra hour. <clears>
1: oh. Nice nice.
2: do I see yeah, a perfect. slot to put in the back there? Do I see a slot to put quarters in so the bed will vibrate? I'm pretty sure I saw that.
1: Part. <laughs> that. That's not for <laughs> the bed.
3: Uh, it's Alabama, man. This is classy as it gets right here. There's a there's a fucking fridge in here. That's shit.
1: Anything in
2: it? So a big shout out to Brian L. Moon, who's out there in Alabama somewhere.
1: Yep. You should stay there. He has trouble finding good PHP coders down there. I bet he does. (laughs) Where's he at? Uh, Huntsville. uh, Huntsville, Uh, Yep. Shooting rockets off. they got plenty of guys who can uh, make rockets go. Yeah. Which is, I mean, much harder. I don't know why you couldn't just train them, but you know.
3: (laughs) Is it harder? I think it's probably relative.
1: Like, no, I'm sure. you not know,
3: Centering something with CSS.
1: <laughs> well, if you're talking vertical centering, then okay, <laughs> you got me
0: there. All right. Ah, uh, good times.
2: All right, everyone. Good night. Yeah, good
0: night. <laughs> how of interest, how much how much front end work are you guys doing these days? I do exclusively like API JSON in, JSON out stuff, and that makes me pretty excited. You guys still pissing around with CSS?
2: I can only speak for myself. I don't do any CSS stuff. I'm just doing PHP.
0: It's not, what sort of thing are you doing? that's there's no there's no front end. Just PHP.
2: Well, I mean uh, stuff like the code base for the the app that that I the company that I work for. We do um, uh, bulk SMS and text and um, video message sending. So um, they have a pretty old, crafty PHP app. So I'm busy. Um, cleaning that up, getting it to be PSR two compliant, um, moving old crummy tests that don't actually run off to the side, and then getting the developers. Um, we have a really, really good uh, offshore team in the in uh, Ukraine. And contrary to belief, Ukraine is not weak. Ukraine is strong, and uh, um, they're doing really good work. And we're slowly kind of getting the code base together, but we're starting to move towards service-oriented architecture anyway, so I imagine some of the more cruftier stuff that we're doing will eventually be replaced by um, I know that's being a Zen framework shop we'll probably be using um, App Agility for a lot of that stuff, um, just because um, Evan has a lot of experience using it, but uh, yeah, I just I spend a lot of my days just looking at a really crufty PHP code and uh, running it through uh, P, uh, through the code sniffer and the code fixer and committing things and putting pull requests in for the other developers to take a look. So
1: if you
0: uh, worked... go ahead, as I say, if you worked with App Agility yet, or if you just you just know of it,
2: I haven't worked with it at all, so I'm not I'm not familiar with uh, what are likely to be the humongous pain points. I'm we're already using it for some things internally because I see it in the uh, you know in the Git repository and um, so I'm sure we're already using it and our use of it will just simply expand. It's just kind of one of these things where to kind of pick and choose our spots to convert things over. I mean the app is running, the company is profitable, so they don't want to needlessly break things. It was you know, it was interesting enough to get the buy-in to to for me to spend a whole bunch of time on the PSR two stuff. But the people who wanted me to come work with them, they gave me the big thumbs up and they said, Chris, this is important to us, make it happen. So sometime I think Two releases from now is when all that stuff is going to go. Um, I, I've done like 99% of already just before we went on the holiday break. So sometime early February, um, all those changes should be merged in, and then I'll get the, the, uh, the other devs there in the Ukraine to fix any of their merge conflicts so they can kind of see what I've done, and then we will get on to other stuff.
1: Good times. Very cool. What about you, Ed? What are you working on? Uh, Well, so I work on a uh, uh, web-based case management software for legal aid uh, services called Legal Server. And uh, um, so it's a really, really, really big code base uh, that has a history going back like 12 years. (laughs) And uh, it's really, really, really big. And it takes a long time to figure out, and I'm not anywhere close. But uh, I do end up... we kind of end up uh, doing all our own stuff. So from SQL to SQL, like, uh, SQL to Jesus, uh, from CSS to SQL, like all the way, uh, like, you know, turtles all the way down. It's, uh, a, so yeah, I end up touching all that stuff, um, which is, uh, maybe good, maybe bad. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I, man, the hardest thing is that, um, I apparently really didn't know that much about SQL uh, because they do a ton of, like, logic stuff in SQL that I just didn't understand uh, because all I did was just, like, select some things and sometimes uh, do implicit joins together, and that was about it. And that served me fine for, like, 15 years. And uh, here they're just doing way more stuff with, like, cases and subselects and all that kind of junk, and it's really, really... Much more complex. So,
3: so um, what's the actually the database engine?
1: It's Postgres. Um, oh, yeah. So Postgres nine point one, I think, is the baseline that we're using, and um, and then it's uh, PHP 5.3, I think we target. Um, I think our development actually has it happens on 5.5, but I don't know. It's a it's. Uh, but it's been, like I said, it's been around a long time um, and there's a lot of people who use it. So it's, there's this uh, sort of ongoing thing where it's like you want to sort of put your head down and do a lot of refactoring stuff, and that's, but you are constantly having to, you know, actually say fix things for people who uh, use it and, and, you know, and, and solve problems for people and stuff like that because there's about 150 different organizations that are using it right now. Um, and we're signing on more people all the time. So it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. Um, it's a huge legacy code base, like tens of thousands of files. And um, it's just a is lot.
3: It, it, is it all PHP, or how's it...
1: Uh... It is all PHP, yeah. Wow. Um, the, I, no, I'm thinking... I, there's little bits and pieces of other stuff in there. Like I think they might be using a little bit. Of, there's lots of stuff I haven't even touched, but like I know they might be using some PHP to do stuff with, uh, or not PHP, some Python to do stuff with, um, like OpenOffice or LibreOffice. I can't remember which, but to do things like generate documents and stuff like that. Um, but there's just lots of lots of things like that. Uh, so, but it's the vast majority of that is all PHP. Um and, uh, you know, it was an application that was started a long time ago, like 2002, and so um, it's not as if it's sat still. I think it's not exactly, it's certainly not exactly the same code base that it was back then, right, um, but there's still a lot of things where it's, you'd see, like, well, how are things sort of done up, and it's, 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 uh, uh, it's not uh, sort of structured in the way you talk about best practices nowadays, but... On the other hand, it was finished. <laughs> so uh, you, uh, so it's it's a it's a complex thing, um, and so uh, it's. The, I think the biggest part is just that feeling it, that's been really hard. Is that feeling of going in and just like not understanding at all how this stuff works, and uh, you know being worried that I have no clue what I'm doing, um, and uh, that's kind of been hard. But uh, all in all, I think it's going pretty good. But. Um, it might be disturbing that I'm probably the guy who is best with CSS, for example, on the team. It's it's all, like, uh, it's all pretty, pretty uh, head-down programmer types. Um, so there's, like, no, de- that we don't have a designer on staff or things like that.
3: Do they have even larger beards than you?
1: Um, let me see. No, no, I'm pretty sure I have the biggest beard.
0: Um, Breaking all the stereotypes. I know, right? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, I really want to invite Zach Kitzmiller on the show last minute just so we can see who has the bigger beard.
2: Oh, he'll have the biggest beard.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty come on, on it. yeah, come on.
1: Um, but uh, one of the things that is different about it, it just as a company is that it's not a large company, but it is profitable. It's been around for a long time, over 10 years, um, like 15 years, I think. So... Um, and Legal Server is one of, like, their three major products that they do, um, two of which are aimed at nonprofits. And uh, the uh, – the uh, so it's interesting that uh, culturally it's different in terms of, like, the kinds of people who end up working – like, I'm uh, – most of the people are, like, Chris in my age. Like, I'm not
3: – Wow. Ever- so, like, walkers and wheelchairs and shit like Yes,
1: that. Exactly. Well, exactly. You have,
3: like, ramps everywhere and – yeah. Well, it's all online, keyboards. so uh,
1: some of the guys have a monkey that helps them, um, and then other folks, uh, they type by blowing into a tube. Yeah, because you, you,
2: know, you shouldn't You knock service monkeys. They're really helpful.
1: Oh, no, this is great. I, I think we all uh, – I, my understanding is that Rope was getting into the service monkey business.
2: I know, and um, now I've got my, got my office manager with, with me today.
1: Nice. Hey, I have that. People say that that's me, um, which is weird because – you're grumpy, but they always say that it looks like me. Um, anyway, uh, they... Famous. Um, but, yeah, uh, we have uh, service animals that help us, um, uh, and, yeah, that's that's kind of how it works out. But it's interesting that, I, you know, the last job I was at, I was one of the oldest people, and uh, I am middle to younger, I think, a little bit here, which is kind of cool.
3: It's going to be kind of cool, though, because this... Um I know places I've worked with older engineers on staff, you end up learning a lot. that There's so many things we reinvent the wheel for that we had no idea
1: we're even reinventing the wheel. You know? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, like, we had, we had a guy, uh, Jim Watson, who uh, came on, and he has a lot of background in doing, like, Java enterprise development and stuff like that, and he was like, well, you know, the way you guys are doing, like, your data imports, because a lot of times we take... Um, you know, most of our clients already have databases, right? They already have applications where they're storing data. And sometimes that could be like some Excel spreadsheets. And sometimes it's much more complex than that. Sometimes it's custom, sometimes it's not, and, you know, whatever. So we have to do like a conversion process, basically, that you have to go through or do an import. And that whole thing is like we have to track like what maps to what and, you know, have to go back and forth with the client on all that stuff. And, you know, one of the things he looked into is says, well, you know, there's a lot of like, what do they call them, ETL tools that you can take and, and do those kinds of, like, that are designed specifically to take things out of one system and then, like, re, like tr- do transforms on them and then load them into a new system. And um, that was just something we didn't, we, you know, the folks who were there, not me, because I only started there, you know, a couple months ago. Um, but they had, you know, we're kind of built those kinds of things by hand Uh, and this was like, well, you know, maybe we could speed this up if we spent, I mean, these things aren't cheap, right? The license, software licenses are fairly expensive, but, you know, it might save us a bunch of hours doing that kind of thing. And that was something where he could be like, well, you know, this is something I've had experience with, and it seems like that might be something that we could optimize what we're doing based on that. Chris, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, you're not doing anything.
0: It's suspect, whatever it is. Phil, how did you get back to the country? Do you have a job? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm working for a company called uh, ride.com um which is the world's most expensive domain that i've ever heard of um but, uh, it's basically b2b uh, carpooling so very similar to uber in some ways but it's more about like you people all live near each other we're going to match you together and find like the most optimum route for you to take each day um and then if you need a car we'll provide you with a car and you can all drive to work every day and share money and and uh the benefits there are, like, the company get to feel good about themselves. They get to say, we're saving congestion and we're reducing carbon emissions to all the, you know, the world, whatever. Uh, so it's uh, it's a pretty interesting company. We're, I can tell that's the part you're passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty much. Blah, 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 blah. Something about saving the world. Saving
3: the world, that stupid shit I keep hearing about.
0: <sighs> the fucking hippies banging on about the, the, the global warming. And all that other Obama rubbish. Um, I've been picking up on American policies. I'm, I'm working it out. I like that you're going to fit right. You're now.
3: almost ready to come down here to Alabama for the holidays. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um, so <laughs> we're working for this company, and uh, we're, we're pushing really hard to get to V1. Um, I've been. I'm working on the API team because I like to bang on about APIs. Apparently. Um, and it's uh, it, it's been really fun. I'm working on a bunch of, like, new and interesting things. I'm doing a lot of stuff with Go language, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's great because uh, they've got a standardized standard library which hasn't evolved over the space. Well, oh, this
2: is this is PHP Town Hall, not Go Town Hall. All yeah, right? so it's going
0: to increasingly become more and more Go Town Hall. I might start talking about how nice Ruby is now and then as well. The
2: uh, thing is our only appearance ever on this thing, I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that. I've been working with a lot of stuff like api and Dread for like documenting and testing um, uh, APIs as well. I've been working on this for like, I've been trying to get, have you ever heard of Dread? Have you ever used this thing? I've never heard of that. Tell mm-hmm. me about it. So the idea is that um, you, API Blueprint, you might have heard of this, or yes. api re Mm-hmm. Blueprint is the syntax It's a format and it's used to power A service called API um, Basically you document your entire API using just Markdown With some like special Orders of things um, And then you've got your documentation That theoretically is great because uh, you've just written all this Stuff and your docs are there and you change code And somebody forgets to update The API or you make some change And it has a knock-on effect and you end up with Your documentation and your, uh, and your API being out of sync so you get shouted out by the team that used the API. It's not the same as what you're saying it is. And that's just a headache for everyone. So the of thread is that it actually runs through every single one of your uh, example requests, puts all the headers that you specify, and uh, and checks the response. And then you see if it's the expected response or not. So it's basically integration testing based entirely off of your documentation. Uh, we still have proper integration tests, but this is a, a, an extra an extra layer. Uh, which does that, and so far you're it's lying. a complete dick to integrate. It's so hard. I've been working on it for two weeks, and I've got uh, one-third of the tests passing. There's like 40 tests. So after two Jeez. weeks, I've got 12 tests working.
3: Maybe if you didn't spend as much time arguing on the internet, you could... Uh,
0: yeah, but passing. it's my mm-hmm. only. What else am I going to do with my time? Like, ride bikes or speak to women? Why would I do any of that? <laughs> nope. oh,
2: no- Phil, you're going to be awesome when you grow up.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, Actually, that's probably a good segue into the one into a topic that we had wanted we talk talk about the perils of being opinionated.
3: Did we have a topic list? I didn't see a topic list.
2: Well, because you're not I... logged in, uh, you should probably go and check it out. He'll send you the link. But uh, yeah, one of the things, uh, of course, that it, that it comes with the territory when you are uh, passionate and opinionated and on social media. Well, shit tends to blow up every once in a while. So, I've watched Phil get into any number of arguments with people across multiple social media websites, services, etc., etc. Um, over basically, Phil is rightfully so defending himself. But I've sent Phil very many, many DMs saying, "Dude, just cut that shit out. Like, stop." Like, don't be the jackass whisperer. That's not your job, dude. You're a smart guy. You're doing good work. And for me, I can speak, for me personally, I used to get into it with non-testing people. And I discovered that it is a bottomless pit of negative negativity to interact with people that don't give a shit about what I'm doing. So I would rather spend my energy helping those who want to be helped instead of, like, going into into piss holes like reddit comments and reading what people are saying and get my underwear all twisted up because somebody doesn't like something that I'm doing so I know Phil at this point is probably physically incapable of not commenting to somebody that said something mean about him but this is one of the things you learn how to do if you're going to serve otherwise you just go nuts you spend all this energy um, reacting to people's opinions of you and i can only speak for myself when i say the amount of money i made off my books went up once i start once i stopped arguing with people all the time and i think there is a lesson in there that you should be if you are contributing to open source you are like already in the 1% of programmers so you should already be patting yourself on the back for doing that. That alone is enough that you should just give a big middle finger to anybody that uh, harps on you about doing stuff. That's right. We can give the double fisted one, right? Fuck you if you don't like what I do. So the um, second thing is work on the people that want to listen to your message. Those people will give you much better feedback and also point out things that really need to be done rather than just the people that are complaining about Phil's little league of awesomeness thing that he's got. I mean, why does anybody care? That Phil is very vocal about this stuff. There's no. It's. Does Phil have a cult of personality? Absolutely. Like, look at him. He's a handsome, handsome gentleman. Got the awesome accent. Drinks cider. Gets kicked out of the kicked out of the country multiple times, but comes back. I mean, you he can't help but admire the tenacity
3: that he's. I dis- mean, look at that new haircut and that hipster mustache. I mean, how can you resist that? That's,
2: I know. So I, can't I, mean, you know, I, I nope. just have the suburban sellout uh, beard going on myself, but, but. I'm just saying, Phil, for your sanity, stop engaging with the fucking idiots. Just let it go. Just ignore them. Keep doing your stuff. Talk to the people that are that are excited about the things that you do. It's not your job to correct the people that are wrong. They have all the options, they have all the information in front of them with which to make a decision. If they want to continue to make a wrong decision or if they feel like somehow the league of awesomeness is somehow Phil's personality cult, I almost said some other word because um, yeah. <laughs> Phil says it all the time. Um, that starts with C, rhymes with bunt. Anyway, we'll keep going.
1: We um, know what you mean.
2: Yes. <laughs> just If you have public opinion, if you're very public and you have strong opinions about things, engaging with the people that disagree with you um, is pointless. It really is. Just keep doing your stuff. There are way more people that enjoy what you do, as opposed to those who want to be very vocal and poke at you and, and use procedural rules on mailing lists to somehow stop from doing things that are that are incredibly obvious, but for whatever reason... They think that, no, we got to do it this way. Just ignore those people. You can route around them. I have very successfully routed around lots of people that, that, that have um, harped on me over what I do. I don't care about those people. I care about myself and the people that want to learn things from me. And everybody else can go take a flying leap.
3: That's uh, a that's route for you, Phil, so you know what he meant. Root,
0: root. Ra- different things. I, get, I got it. Um, yeah, I mean, so the way I look at it is you're definitely right. I never try to argue with people that it's just an opinion versus opinion. That's a complete waste of everyone's time. Um, if I prefer the color blue and you prefer the color red, then you crack on liking the color red. That's fine. Um, so what, there are various different types of argument or conversation that I get in that end up looking or being arguments. And when you start, when you came up with the phrase, uh, the jackass whisperer, um, that was that was for one specific category, I believe. One of the biggest problems I have is when I see two people I know and I understand their backstory and I understand where they're coming from and they're trying to have a conversation with somebody else that I know and they're doing it badly or they're doing it on Twitter and they're having a very, like, it's it's an ab- abbreviated conversation and I see a point being missed and then they start screaming at each other because they think someone was being meaner than they were. That That's a misunderstanding. I hate misunderstandings. Um, So when, you you know the people I'm talking about, there's like four or five of them that were just doing it over and over and over, just screaming at each other and it ended up being who's got the biggest dick, who's the prettiest, it was really awful. Um, That is, I find that really frustrating because it's so easily solved because sometimes I can hop in there and I always think it'll be easily solved because I I see the misunderstanding and I try to correct the misunderstanding so we can all get back onto the same page, work together, get on the fig, do useful things together. Um, the trouble is when a lot of these people have started deciding that that person's being a jackass, doesn't matter who comes in and says, well actually he had half a point but he made it badly and then he meant this other thing, not what you meant like that shit just never works, I keep thinking it'll work and it doesn't, so that that is one category of argument I've decided to just leave alone, if I see them screaming at each other I just say, you have fun, I'm gonna go for a pint or anything else than talk to you um, and that, that has made my life better for sure.
1: I think that's so- tough when you Go ahead. See, oh, sorry. Uh, I think it's tough when you get into that because I think I think people a lot of times naturally want to see um, uh, sort of things as divisive and tribal and and um, and want to sort of put things in in a, in terms of conflict. And I think it's hard. Um, but correct to realize that there are that usually things are a lot more nuanced, and that uh, um, oftentimes people do have good points, or maybe not are not expressing it well, and or uh, maybe they don't have good points, but they are expressing them well, or or things of that nature. I think I think the tough thing is that it's just man, you can't fix everybody. That's just exhausting. I mean, this is what you're kind of getting at. And, like, um, if he, it, 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 so it, it is pretty exhausting. I think there's some times where I, I know I've stepped in on things here and there, you know, on stuff where I was like, I, I, you know, I don't think that's right the way you're kind of portraying this person. But um, I think uh, sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. But it's uh, – Boy, I don't know. It's probably a thing about being old and needing uh, you know diapers and a, and a service monkey. But um, most of the shit just doesn't matter, man. It just doesn't. I mean, it's, it's like it kind of matters a little bit. But it kind of matters on the same way as if, if you, you get into music at all, like, it matters the same way, like, people will argue about fucking guitar strings, like, if you're a guitarist. Or they, or they argue about, like, what kind of wood your guitar is made out of and shit like that. And that stuff does matter a lot to people who are super into that shit. But does it matter to most people who actually... It use the end product of, like, what have you produced with it? No, it doesn't. And uh, there's it's interesting. It doesn't mean that there's, nothing, there's anything wrong with necessarily getting really sort of into a topic and getting into the different things that can affect it and stuff like that. Those things are important. Um, but they're not as important at the end of the day as, like, what people do with the stuff that you make and how you treat other people. And I think that's, like, what, you know, that matters more than anything. And, uh, so it kind of always bums me out when I kind of see folks get caught up. Like, you know, I saw a guy on Twitter the other day and he, it was like, he almost seemed, he said something about trolling people and like trolling a specific person. And I was like, he almost seemed proud of it. And I was kind of like, you know, I don't, it doesn't mean you got to like the person, but why, why take pride in that? Like, all you're doing is, you know, just, you're just introducing more discomfort into somebody else's life. Like, why be excited about that? Why be happy about that? That's not, that's not something I'd be proud of, you know? And it just, it bumps me out when I see stuff like that. Um, I think the other thing, for me, I probably get, I really actually don't like conflict at all, and it makes me really, really uncomfortable. I get very anxious about it. At the same time, I feel, like, obligated to sort of participate, to not participate, but exactly, but to, try to, like, if I feel like somebody's being treated unfairly or something's, being, you know, not, I, I have a tendency to want to get involved, but it is really, really draining on me. And I, I I definitely, like, over the past, you know, I have a lot of, so I have a lot of problems with that stuff, and I know over the past couple of years I've had to just, like, withdraw a lot and practice that just not engaging thing <laughs> on a lot of topics, you know, for that reason. But, I don't know, I'm old and probably just tired. <laughs>
3: I don't, I don't argue as much as Phil, but I think for me, a lot of this, I feel such if I feel offensive about an opinion. It's easier for me to get sucked into something or maybe it seems like if I'm more confident in an opinion or in a, a technology in this case. It's easier to just ignore it. Um, but if for some reason I, I feel like I have to prove myself or if for the reason I'm not as confident, um, I seem to be easier to get sucked into those arguments and it's, it's frustrating, and usually I realize it a little too late, but um, maybe that's something that age does help, like you said. Maybe you've been there one too many times.
1: Yeah, I think you start realizing that, like, man, I've been this, down this road, like, way too many times, and it just isn't going to help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that, so I think, and but I tell you, the, bit, the earlier you learn it, fucking better, because it, all it does is end up, most of the time, all it does is it ends up wasting your time and stressing you out. You know and that's no fun.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, uh, what's the best outcome? Is oh, you want a, a fight
1: about technology? <laughs> that doesn't help any. Like, <laughs> what what right know. are you wrong? What wrong are you writing in the world by doing that? Like, what what has what have you accomplished? Like, what have you bettered? What what's yeah. your, what legacy have you written in stone so that when you pass away, they say like that motherfucker won a fight on, you know, uh, Y Combinator news, and so. Uh, you know, thank God for him and his upvotes. You know who gives a fuck? Nobody
0: cares, yeah. right? Nobody that's, cares. That, that's exactly what I'm talking about with kind of the uh, the, the picking the certain battles. Um, yeah. it, it's it's more of a problem when it's when it's larger like known names people. If it's just some random little shite running his mouth, I usually don't care. Right. Um, on the most recent thing, some guy called me an he to prick, didn't really care. Then someone I know and respect jumped in and said, yeah, he is a bit of a prick. I'm like, well, that's just being cheeky. Why are you doing this? Just come and talk to me if you have a problem. Um, so it, it often depends on, on who. But more importantly, I don't just care that somebody with a big blog is saying bad things. It's more about the knock-on effects of that. So most of the arguments I get involved with have been around um, the FIG, the Framework Interoperability Group, and the uh, the PHP League of Extraordinary Packages. These are two organizations that I'm involved with. Um, And the problem is when you see these two big named people screaming at each other or someone screaming at me, and these people are involved with um, the Framework Interoperability Group, that has real knock-on effects. So if those two people hate each other and refuse to collaborate or help each other, then that really slows down the progress of PSRs. If PSRs are slowed down or people just refuse and they just fight each other and it you get a whole Republican versus Democrat situation going where they just block and fight and twat about, then that really messes things up. Um, so sometimes I get involved in an argument because it does have knock-on effects. but the average bystander might not necessarily know what they are or care as much as I do, uh, which is a very good reason why it should be taken private and not done on Twitter, but half the time I'm just begging them to go, and we can talk somewhere else, and they just won't and keep being a dickhead all over Reddit. So that's uh, that's another problem. <laughs>
2: I don't know, man. You're not the jackass whisperer. You're wasting too much of your own personal effort trying to bend people to your will. It's a waste of time. They want to argue, they're going to argue. Just step back, go go have a cider, go do something else, go work on something else that makes you happy. And yes, it would be nice if the PSR two stu- PSRs got forward and the FIG group would stop arguing, but... Some people just want to be dicks for the sake of being dicks. Well, then just let them. And then when they're complaining about stuff not getting done, you can always say, well, remember back when you were arguing about this one thing incessantly? Maybe that wasn't a good idea.
0: Yeah, well, that's why in two days I'll be out of the fig. That's,
2: oh, no, 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 you'll be sucked back in. Don't worry, Phil. I have I faith. Have <laughs> no, I'm out of here. So, so
3: you're going to be a non-voting member, but you're still going to reply to every fucking thing and you're more <laughs> active now than you ever were with no real say.
0: No, yeah. It's possible. I think a uh, large part of it was for most of this year, like with the job kind of declining and then going completely bankrupt and me not having a huge amount to do with my time because I've been flat broke, I think that might have contributed quite a lot to how much I've been involved in these things. So I'm, like, I'm picking up these crazy fights like, we must add errata to PSR2 so that we can fix this random spacing question and uh, and everyone else is like, I ain't got time for that you can fucking do it if you want, I don't care I was like, I'm unemployed and homeless I can take on this fight for you um, <laughs> I have a job and things to do and friends again, I'm probably going to not fucking bother quite so much <laughs> Fair, yeah, well, I dig ya I dig ya <sighs>
2: Phil's got to be right about everything, that's
0: all. <laughs> See, I was right to argue, is what I'm saying. No, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> all right, enough about why Phil is wrong. So our next topic is, should PHP focus on async features or leave that to other tools? I am firmly in the camp of best set of tools for the job. PHP with async features feels like it's totally bolted on.
0: Yeah, I, that's, what, that's
2: what you're going to use Go for, isn't it, Phil?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Go is like a language built for the web, and they have some asynchronous stuff in there. They have like uh, Go routines, and they have um, and they have channels built in, um, much in the same way that like PHP had generators just slapped in fairly recently, uh, or the way that Hack had the async keyword added to methods. So you, mm. can, you can call a method, and it will just run that asynchronously, and you don't really get a result. You don't know when it's finished. You don't care. It just goes off and does it. Um, so it, it, it's been proven to be something you can kind of slap into a language without being a, a fundamental change to the principles of how that language works. Um, and it's a conversation that people are having about PHP now. Like, Hack's got it. Should PHP have it? Who knows? Um,
1: I think it's not, a, like, a terrible idea. I think you're going to run it. You know, I... I, I my tendency would probably be to do it in a different language or a different tool, but there's also a lot to be said for. There's a lot of people that PHP is the only thing they have or the only thing that they work with, and it's a little bit unrealistic probably to say, "Oh, uh, let's just, you know, write a whole uh, new thingamajigger." Let's let's learn how to do a whole new thing, get trained and go, or get trained in you know, doing, I don't know, Node or, or some other, you know, technology stack that, that does that stuff better. Um, so I can see some appeal to that. Um, I haven't messed with it a lot. So conceptually, some of that stuff is just I'm not really familiar with. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that it's probably something that um, if it's relatively clean and doesn't involve a bunch of stuff, you know, that you have to, I don't know, it wouldn't have to fundamentally change a bunch of things. I, I think that I could see the value in that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think you'd probably you would get a lot of use out of it, you know, uh, from folks who, uh, uh, you know, do a bunch of PHP stuff. I mean, we just shouldn't underestimate just how, how like, how many people is like, well, how, what do they know? Well, they started doing WordPress stuff. You know, that's like... And then maybe they do Drupal or something like that, but that's really what they know. And there, it's a different kind of thing. where telling them, oh, we'll use Go for that, or use Node for that, or use you know, eh, that might not be realistic. And giving them something where it's like, well, here's something you can do in PHP. You can. This is a tool you already know and understand. And it's a stack, but this is how this thing works. Where if you put async in front of it, it executes and it'll just. And so you guys tell me, you know, with Hack. Will the function just execute and then, like, it just goes off and you don't care when the process ends and it'll just run itself and like, so you could still have the it write a response back to the browser and from all standard PHP thinking, your request response cycle is finished and that could still be running back there in some other process and you just don't care about it. Is that the case? I think so. I honestly don't remember. I don't use Hack. Um, <laughs> right. Chris, do you know anything about it? Have you messed with that?
2: Well, I, I haven't looked at the async stuff, but, like, with anything else, it's basically you're firing off an asynchronous process. If you need the, if if the asynchronous code that you're running has side effects or it's mm-hmm. modifying things or it's returning things, if it's not finished by the time you get if that call hasn't finished by the time you need a response, well, your code's going to block and wait for that response anyway.
1: So Yeah, right. Yeah. So they're still, there's still could be blocking. but it, know.
0: it will reduce the blocking a fair chunk. One example, um, w- when you use Go, there's things called uh, Go routines where you just say, like, go off and do that in whatever order you want. Don't really care. Don't care about the response. Then there are things called right. channels where you say, like, I want that back as quick as possible. Now, that might sound kind of silly because you're saying, you know, do these 10 things in a row or do these 10 things and wait for them all to be done. Um, the benefit there is if you're doing things like making a shitload of HTTP requests, um, if they're asynchronous, right. then they're gonna. While while the you know they're waiting for the HTTP response, they can be doing something else. Um, so you can use a very small amount of resources to go off and make a, a whole bunch of requests. Um, you still might have to do some waiting. You want to wait for the entire thing to be finished, but that will mean that like um, yeah, it, it just generally runs much quicker than one, two, three, four. If you can do a few of them at the same time then it ends up being a whole bunch quicker. Yeah, I could imagine
1: a common thing would be like, oh, you want to upload multiple, like, say, files? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, if, if you could do something where it was like, uh, like you describe, and even if you had to wait for a full response back before you wrote something back, if you could, say, do the processing on all five of those things, say, at once in separate processes as opposed to doing them serially, uh, that would be a big performance increase, I would think, as long as your you know, as long as your server could handle it, um, the the simultaneous stuff, uh, and then um, you know, as opposed to like processing them individually, and then I guess you'd wait, for, you could wait for all those responses back and say, oh, they're all here, or you can do something else where you like, you know, each each process you kick off and you generate like a marker or something like that, and then you could like. You know, if you wanted your client to just query for the market to say, oh, did that finish yet? Yeah, it did. Or no, it didn't yet. And it, yeah, I could see that where that would be useful and maybe avoid having to set up like a, in a lot of cases, you wouldn't have to set up something like a queue server or something like that. Yeah, um, that's one
0: of the main benefits. Right yeah. now, if you want to do anything that involves I would like to do multiple things at the same time or I'd like to do these things later, like not right now, basically, if you want to do right. any of that, you have to set up Gearman or Beanstalk or Rabbit or something. And right. that, you have to, If when you want to get the responses back uh, asynchronously, you have to set up some sort of callback feature, so that's like a, an extra HTTP endpoint or it's like a, another message right. protocol. You have to do all this shit just to make it, like, send an email. Whereas if you can use a, a single method with an async functionality and just say, like, send these emails within the language, then that's when it gets really powerful. That's one of the big um, things that draws me to go, is that the, the whole language is very lovely, but just being able to say, like, go off and do that shit in your own time and don't make me set up Rabbit for it is just it's really handy.
1: It does appeal to me in the sense of not wanting to make your stack any more complicated than it needs to be, you know what I mean? So as long as it, we assume that it, like, works reliably, right, uh, <laughs> then that's nice because that's one less thing you have to worry about um, maintaining and uh, learning how it works and stuff like that. So there's certainly a lot of appeal in that.
3: Yeah. yeah. Not well, I'm a big fan of the whole, like, best tool for the job thing. Like, I'm a big advocate of usually node async stuff because it's what I know and use the most. But I can also really see, like, especially in the shared hosting world, how PHP could be huge there. So, you know, like WordPress, I would imagine there's some pretty cool shit they could do there, especially with extensions. That would be near impossible to get implemented for most of their users in Node, but PHP should be a drop-in for once it's up to that version.
0: As somebody that's worked making a CMS, I'm sure you guys have, have done CMSy things and you've yeah. noticed some of the problems, but um, with Pyro CMS, we if we wanted to do anything asynchronous, anything slow, we either had to just do the slow thing and just sorry, this page is gonna take five seconds to load, or we had to um, we had to like dump it into a fake cron job. And then ask them to set up a cron on their server that would hit this one endpoint to manage all of the different crons. Like there are so many complicated things that happen when you build a CMS. There's always like the way of doing it properly, and then the way that you have to do it for a CMS because uh, it has to work on some shitty server somewhere. You get all these hack around solutions, like because uh, you can't ask them to set up Rabbit. You can't say you have to learn what queues and exchanges are. You can't say learn what supervisor D is to make sure your queue is still running. You can't do this stuff at all. Oh, sure,
2: sure you can. Right. You just have to set levels of expectation, that's all. Well, you absolutely. could say yes, you require this knowledge, or no. You're making a choice, Phil, right? You're saying, you want cut to make... Sorry, I'm kind going
0: it basically, right? I'm going from, like, any twat with a $5 VPS that could FTP sync can use this to, like, you can only really use this functionality if you know how to handle a sysadmin queue system somewhere. Yeah.
1: Well, it's the difference between, am I going to, like, what's your purpose? And if your purpose and you want your audience to be, say, all the people who might also potentially be looking at Drupal, or all the people who might also be looking at uh, some, like, very complex, you know, platform as a service or self-hosted thing or something, like, you know, it's just depends on what you want to do. I and mean, But if, if some of your... Reco- like, you know, I, if, you're, if one of your requirements are I want as many people as possible to run this, well, that's, you know, you just have to figure that out. People give WordPress a lot of shit for decisions they've made about it, but based on where they are, I think that all the... And it, based on the realities of where their code is and, like, where their code base is and things like that, I think almost all their decisions make sense because based on what their intent is... And if your intent is, I want to make something as accessible accessible as possible, as easy as possible to install, and da-da-da-da-da, you're going to make those decisions, right? Um, As opposed to, you know, I don't know, like, you you get into things like, well, you have to run this, you know, thing on our server to see if, like, you can even run it, you know? And, uh, And then let alone, like, yeah, you have to install, like, another tool separately, oh, well, then you're just going to toss out. I gotta tell you, most of the questions I get from people about PHP stuff when they ask me, you know, people not like, not people like you and me, but people who are like doing some PHP stuff, they're hosting on GoDaddy, or they're hosting on DreamHost, or they're doing shit like that. You know, that's what they ask questions about. You know, so, uh, it's totally fine. I mean, you can, it's just, you are limiting your audience dramatically, I think, if you, depending on the decisions you make. So if you write everything, it runs in... Pure PHP and you know, might get into some of these version requirement things we get into. I think that makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is always the other side of the coin. If we're talking about making CMSs and we want like uh, we want it to work on as many places as possible, you have to keep your version requirements fairly low. And if you're trying to use a brand new feature that just landed in PHP, then you're going to have a hard time using that. But the benefit yeah, is I- that eventually you get to use it, right? So I'm always really happy when a feature gets into PHP 5.6, and I know that PyroCMS CMS won't use that for another three or four years. It just won't be yeah, right. in three or four years, that problem solved. Um, we can use that, and it's great. And we don't have to do shitty cron jobs, or we don't have to hope that a Yahoo bot crawls our website so it can run some shit in the background and give them a slow process. All these hacks Jesus. will just be gone. If we can implement some of this functionality now, wait a few years, and then problem solved, right? Yes,
1: exactly. So, yeah, you know, I think it depends on it. I think that kind of leads a little bit into this other topic we were going to talk about. You know, we've been on for, I don't know, about an hour, but uh, maybe we could talk about it for a little bit.
2: All right, I, I, need, to, more- I, I need to go refresh my beverage, so if you want to talk shit about me, God, time, I do. I'll, be back, a
1: and, a, a I'll be back
3: in a minute. Anyone notice, that like, a glare just went away. I don't know what happened with the camera there.
1: But oh, I know. I can really see, like, way better. Um, I was I really couldn't look at my screen.
3: And then um, there was this smell like maple syrup that kind of went away. It's really <laughs> weird.
1: That's a new uh, feature in OSX. <laughs>
3: it's like a sniffatron.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, I have to find the link. Somebody was asking me for the link to this thing, and now I have to. Uh, figure so who out would have thought
3: one. that Chris would be almost as quiet as me on this podcast? That's
1: surprising. Isn't it strange? Keep his mouth shut. No, I know. Um, I don't
3: know if your video's not updating Phil or if you're just being incredibly still, but it's gonna be no, I, I, I
1: see a moving song. Maybe it's my
3: connection.
1: I don't know, man. Maybe it's your connection, that <laughs> Alabama connection.
3: I don't know. Oh shit, I can't see anything. What happened? <laughs>
0: Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. It's so to him. Oh, really, gonna have to buy some furniture for the ne- before the next podcast. Just uh, <laughs> sitting on a bike is really, really quite uncomfortable. Wait,
3: you're sitting on a bike? Yeah, man. Check it oh, out. yeah,
0: it's awesome.
3: <laughs> Hold on, I can't. Oh, dude.
1: <laughs> the funny thing is, there's no
0: seat on it. There's. Well, I'm sat, I'm sat. I'm sat on the. I'm sat on that. I'm sat. It's
3: always used
0: to it though. It's okay. It, there's literally nothing in my apartment. There's like I've just got a mattress through the other day, so I'm not sleeping on a fucking airbed anymore. So <laughs> oh, you should have just
3: Casper mattresses.
0: Yeah, Casper mattress You guys can sponsor us. That's fine. We. I love your product It's amazing. I, you I should just stay on it. Just wouldn't get up. You should have laid on the
1: the mattress like Cleopatra and just put the camera in front of
0: it. <laughs> there's there's no room in my bed. There's no light in my bedroom. The uh, uh, Well, that's the, the thing. Bedroom.
1: Yeah. Oh wait, so you have uh, a separate
3: bedroom this time? That's yeah. like fucking luxury. Uh, I'm around.
0: Yeah. Why not? Let's all take a look. Neddy, dropped the beer. There's <laughs> the completely empty apartment with there's bikes in the corner. There's more of them. My mm-hmm. the mattress just over there. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, there's the bedroom where all the magic happens. <laughs>
0: All the magic. You and Fistula. Yeah. Um, Being lefty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Being lefty. Uh, well, we were talking about um, you know, what things run on, and it kind of made me think of a little bit about, I don't know, I ignored it for the most part when I saw people complaining about it, but apparently some kerfuffle about versions, like what, what PHP versions you support in software that you write and distribute to the masses. And uh, I guess it has something to do with Codenator 3.0, uh, Maybe you know more
0: about that, Phil. Tell me about it. Uh, Well, I'm actually not involved with CodeNighter anymore, but I do keep an good. eye on some of the stuff. I
1: probably should do the official answer. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's let Ben do it. He's been yeah. so quiet.
3: Yeah, almost as quiet as the Canuck there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the reason that 3.0 supports... Uh, what's this, what, 5.2 still? Mm-hmm. Is because 3.0 was envisioned like a decade ago. It was actually before I was born. It was the year before my birth <laughs> that Coder Nine 3.0 was set in stone. And they've been working on this version for years now. Uh, Phil kind of left them hanging, as he tends to do. <laughs> and uh, I had to come in to save the day. Right, as you do. 3.0 will be, as I do, 3.0 will be coming out very soon. But mm-hmm. it's still using, basically, it's just uh, they had to get to the feature set. Um, Narf I, I have no idea what his real name is, but everyone online. is him by Narf. Andrew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Andrew Narf. I don't know. Uh, he's the main driving development force behind Code Igniter at the moment. Okay. Code Igniter was acquired by uh, uh, BCIT. In, uh, in Canada, it, it defected, is Ooh. what happened.
2: Oh. <laughs> pity takeover. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. So it was stagnant for a while, as Ellis Lab didn't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. But now with BCIT taking over, it's starting to gain some steam again. 3.0 is being pushed out by North pretty quickly. It's going to just match your future set that was set in a while ago. So we're really not pushing any boundaries there. 4.0 is where you'll start seeing new cool stuff, and we'll we'll definitely revisit the whole minimum version. And so
2: it'll start using
3: ability. PHP 5 instead of 4? Uh, well, we ditched 4, believe it or not.
0: We actually ditched 4.
2: But,
0: uh... So what's really funny about uh, the Kotlin three branch is that it was ready two years ago when I quit. Like we, it was pretty much ready to be released. Expected to be released anytime. time. Um, I think it started off in two thousand eleven somewhere. We worked on it for a year, um, did a whole bunch of stuff, and it was pretty much ready to go. There was more unit tests to be written, and then there's always more pull requests. There's always more pull requests, but um, it was pretty much ready to go. Um, and at the time it was it was PHP 5.1. There's nothing in there that makes it specifically require 5.2 other than the fact that I pushed really hard to, to get us to upgrade the requirements a little bit because it seemed like 5.1 was pretty old. So we basically made zero changes to make it run with, with 5.2, and we just said that's just an arbitrary decision. We just support 5.2 now. Um, sure. So that, that was set in stone a while ago, and um, <laughs> that arbitrary decision kind of made sense because it was, you know, five one can def- definitely crawl in a ditch somewhere. Um, but anything further than that is is just like this blog post came from Anthony Ferreira, who was saying that it was um, incredibly. Uh, I can't think of any words at all right now, but it was it was very reckless of code. Ir- irresponsible. Irresponsible. But irresponsible. Um, irresponsible for Kodam to release on five point two. Um, when it should be on five four five 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 six, Um But doing that at this late stage with no changes whatsoever, they're not even using, like, short arrays. They're not. There's nothing in there that, that would make any sense for it to be a higher version number other than us. Like, uh, I keep saying us. I'm not involved anymore. Other You're than, a liar. <laughs> other than the Coding Meta team uh, just basically nanny-stating and holding your hand and saying, you should probably upgrade because it's good for you. And, yeah, and that's so the, what they're doing.
3: The advantage there, which I see Anthony's point, is that it's it's more secure, it's faster, and it pushes, pushes the level along. You know, more servers will be upgraded, things will be inherently better, things like that. I, I don't agree, though, because there are plenty of people still running 5.2 for legitimate reasons. Um, I still have servers, legacy systems running 5.2 or older. I'm not saying it's the best thing in the world, but when you have a system that was built for a certain version... It, uh, it can become uh, a bear to upgrade, and so the fact that you could upgrade Coding Niner without having to go through all the ops work of uh, upgrading all your servers uh, gives Coding Niner a little, you know, some legitimate heads up, and it's, uh, it means that you can stay somewhat up to date without having to go through all the ops pain. That if you're really going to go through all the ops pain, maybe you even want to rewrite to a different framework by that point. I think uh, a lot of those programmers tend to. To not realize that you know legacy systems. No matter how many servers they had, they were a lot of times set up by hand. They weren't done with Ansible or whatever, where you can just you know hit plus one more time and boom, you have another server. So there's can be a real cost and overhead to updating that, and uh, it's something the coding ninjas always take into account pretty strongly. That a lot of other frameworks don't really seem to care about. So I get your point, but I don't agree. I, I think there is a place for trying to maintain backwards compatibility when you can.
1: I, uh, I decided to uh, look at what WordPress supported because we kind of talked about it a little bit, and it, it is, requires 5.2.4 or greater for its newest version. Um, and, uh, you know, whether that sh- I, I think at the end of the day, it matters in what's the intent of the software. Uh, and if that's something that you want to make sure that you're supporting... I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you're just, you know, um, I could also see an argument where even if you don't take advantage of any 5.3 features, you just say uh, it requires 5.3 because it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like at least, uh, you know, what what Phil was saying was that it actually was it only required 5.1, but you weren't going to tell people that it would, you know, run on five that you'd say 5.2. Um, I guess you could say, maybe it'll run on 5.1 at your own risk or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I yeah, I, I think that it's a tough thing. I think it's always really easy to um, come up with uh, to uh, to say, well, you shouldn't do this when you're not actually the person who has to do it. And that's not necessarily, I don't mean intend that to be an enormous criticism, say Anthony's post or things like that, but I think everybody's got their own, you know, uh, situations going on. And sometimes it's tough. Sometimes, you, And the, the things I've found from building things that last more than six months is that you have to make compromises. And you have to make compromises about, like, what you're going to prioritize in terms of are we going to spend you know time upgrading op stuff we're gonna you know what 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 means when we have a security feature and what's gonna break because we have to upgrade this piece of our stack and what how does that impact everything else and I, I think that everybody has to make those decisions um, i I could see an argument for I could see an argument for say uh, saying, you know, in theory it could run on 5.2, but we strongly recommend you don't. <laughs>
3: I don't know. Yeah, but, I, mean, uh, I can see that. You know, kind of the founding principle of CodingEinder has been to be as non-opinionated non-opin- as possible and let the user make their decisions, that. whereas yeah, kind of the other viewpoint is that hey, we should prop the users along. And that's really not CodingEinder. You know, there's plenty of frameworks that will do that for you if that's what you want. But if you you know, do you want to decide for yourself and shoot yourself in the foot, maybe? That's your choice. Yeah, you know, on, the, on, Go ahead. On,
2: the, on the topic of, of versions of stuff, one of the interesting things that came up um, when I was working at Cinecore, when we migrated from f- uh, 5.2 to 5.4, I, I mean, I made kind of two arguments. I made, number one, that we should be using the most stable versions of the tools that we use, not bleeding edge, but just even just stable. I also said I, I want to work on work using tools that are... Um, younger than my youngest daughter who was like eight at the time when we started discussing these things. But I think there's also another issue with the versions of the tools that it, can, it actually can become a hindrance when you're trying to hire people To come and work on your if you're running a business and you have really old super crafty software, it often can be an obstacle to finding people to want. If if you, one of the things that seems that when you want to hire people and you want people that care about the stuff that they're doing, often they will care about the versions of things that they're working with. So one of the issues becomes if you're using some super old crafty version when you're interviewing with somebody and they're like well, what version of PHP do you use? Oh, oh we're running our stuff on 5.2.23 and if you're like how old is that version of PHP and then you're like I've never actually worked with that version of PHP and then maybe a little bit of starts could be like well what other sort of shit are they hiding beneath the surface that I'm going to have to deal with just in order to do my job. Now I'm not saying that running a I mean Ben made a super legit point. Sometimes you write these apps and they're targeted for a specific version and upgrading them is a humongous pain and you might never get the proper return on the investment of time and resources and and people's salaries to upgrade the thing. If it's I mean, you know, me being an advocate of running stable versions of everything is one thing. I'm also an advocate of I want shit to make money so I can continue to pay the people that are working for me. So uh, there is that side, but again, this becomes a problem when you're trying to recruit people, and especially if you have really interesting problems that people need to solve. Uh, how do you attract people that are interested in solving problems if everything that you're using is 10 to 15 years old? People are like, well, I can see how we can solve this problem with, with this problem with these tools but those tools are not compatible with your language, with your operating system, with your database, with whatever tools that you're using this becomes a problem. Cinecore has this problem with the until I came along and said no we have to fix this because not only are we uh, are we uh, you know using versions of really old things, we have stuff that has security holes that are never going to be patched we will get better performance so less resources being used if we use newer stable versions of tools so these are all legitimate issues and I mean Codeigniter I mean you could be honest and say does it really matter what version of PHP Codeigniter says they should be using in terms of like overall framework usage Codeigniter is what a teeny tiny slice compared to the cult of Laravel and Zen Framework 2 and any other framework that you want to use so you can kinda of say, well, a Code Igniter can go do whatever they want because really in terms of like mainstream adoption and tools that people want to use, um, Code choices will only impact people that have had Already committed to Codeigniter, not those who are considering picking up Codeigniter in the future. So, versions of things matter. Latest stable is always what I try to use because mm-hmm. um, you're always gaining the benefits of bug fixes, security patches, usually better performance. It's extremely rare that a new version of a programming language comes out that is actually. Um, noticeably slower than older ones, so I mean I would love it if where I work now we could get us on 5.6, we're on 5.4, I don't know maybe I can make that my summertime project to start harassing everyone in DevOps to say we need a server with 5.6 on it and let's try everything out and see what breaks, um, simply because again there's benefits. Uh, I, my own perspective has been I find it very difficult to recruit people knowing that we're using 10 to 15 year old technology.
1: You know that recruiting thing is interesting because I, I remember this is all anecdotal, but I certainly had a couple discussions about people because there was a position open at the company that I work at, not on my the same team, but with a different team, and um, uh, we're still uh, using subversion for stuff uh, and. I know I mentioned that to a couple of people, like, and they were like, oh, sub- subversion. I'm like, yeah, I know. I kind of was like that, too, but it's really not that big a deal. But clearly, it was sort of like a roadblock for them, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it should be, and maybe it shouldn't be. I mean, I like using other stuff better. Uh, I'm not a big SVN version, but um, or SVN fan version. Uh, I'm not a big SVN fan necessarily, but that's what they're using, and it works okay for now. And eventually, we'll probably move to Git, you know. So I dig that. Um, I think that uh, that so I think that can be an issue with recruiting um, with that kind of stuff. So yeah, I can kind of see that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a different argument, though. It's it's a company's job at this recruitment problem. It's not a framework or a WordPress. It's not their job.
2: Oh, no, I I disagree because you become prisoners of your tools. If your company relies on a tool and you can't upgrade anything to – you can't upgrade your systems to take advantage – you can't upgrade things to take advantage of new features of that tool because of decisions you made in the past,
3: it is totally impacted. It won't run on newer versions
0: is that it will support back to 5.2. Yeah, so 5.2 is the lowest that they support, um, but it works perfectly on 5.3, five 5.4, five 5.5. Five so the message you want to say is um, you you want to say that you sh- uh, all users of CodeIgniter should upgrade to the highest version they can possibly upgrade to. Um, everyone should be using the, the newest, most modern, most shiny version of PHP because it's got massive uh, speed improvements. It's better. There's more features around. It's great. Um, but when it comes to where the uh, open source project sets its lowest bar, that's a very different argument. So all, all the same, with supporting 5.2, uh, we're saying you can use this. If you, if you still are stupid enough to be running on 5.2, and you're too goddamn lazy to upgrade, and there's just nothing you're going to do about it, come on in. Absolutely, you can, you can still use this version. Um, but you probably shouldn't. You should probably upgrade to a version of PHP that's actually fucking supported by PHP themselves. Um, but as someone mentioned on ISC, like a lot of distributions are backporting security patches to 5.2. So the argument that, using, that allowing people to use 5.2 is insecure is, is not entirely true because the distros are fixing that themselves. Um, and the other main point is that the more people... So I used Code for Pyro CMS because it was the most portable. It wasn't the best, it wasn't the shiniest, it wasn't the fastest or whatever but it was the most portable, it would work bloody anywhere. Um, if you were missing uh, JSON encode, JSON decode, you could still use it. It was really bad, it's really old. Um, but the point there is that the more people that can run Pirate CMS, the more money I make. So they might be on a fairly insecure server, their website might get hacked because they're using a shit version of PHP, but I still get paid. And that's not even my fault, or necessarily even my problem. Um, it's they... It's their system administrator's responsibility to upgrade their servers and keep their servers secure. If there's a security error that comes out and they don't deal with that, then they fucked up. Um, But allowing my code to run on older versions of PHP that could potentially be hacked isn't necessarily something that I'd be that scared about. Especially if it means, right now, uh, PHP 5.2 is 20% of the market. If I say, fuck off 20% of the market, I have to fire my support guy. Or, he's already been fired, I've quit the company, whatever, it's fine. But these were things that I was doing, you know, these were things I had to worry about last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, somebody in IRC said it's kind of two camps. There's the ideological camp of what would they like it to be, and then there's more the reality-based camp of what are we dealing with now. And that's kind of what a lot of these arguments boil down to is people that have legacy apps kind of see the point of, hey, maybe we have to run old shit sometimes. And people that are, you know, like Anthony's point is with security, which I totally understand is best for security to upgrade. But uh, we're not always in a position where we can. So like you said, Phil, do you use, say fuck you to 20% of the market? No, you you fill that need and you, you try to push them along, but you don't force their hand knowing that they'll go to a
0: competitor if you do. That's absolutely it. When, when people pops onto a while before we eventually saw that our user numbers had dropped so low on 5.2 that we actually could upgrade to 5.3. Before that happened, obviously I tried to upgrade to 5.3. This is like two or three years ago now. Um, and we had we had so many people freaking out about it. People saying, I'm not going to be able to use that. It's not going to work. I'm going to go look for other things. I saw posts on Reddit saying, PyroCMS is upgrading to 5.3. We need to know what other tools are like PyroCMS that we can use. Um, and this was not that long. This was Um, Yeah, like three years ago. So like 5.5 was out, and we're trying to say, how about we maybe pop up to to 5.3 now? Is that okay? And they're like, ah, fuck! Um, So we would have lost loads of our user base if we'd have just randomly done it. The one thing you do have to do is look at your users, look at who's using um, which versions, if you can. Um, We had a little ping home that would say, they've got this version and this other stuff. Um, And then when that drops to like 5% and you feel comfortable enough with your numbers to say fuck you to 5%, that's something you can do, um, but yeah, it's 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 something that every single project, every single open source company, business, whatever, has to really look into their own situation and do it when they feel comfortable.
2: I'm just not going to say what I was going to say. We'll move on to something else.
0: <laughs> what were you going to say? You're going to make fun I of just random light effects on my on my camera?
2: No, no, that's that's just you. I don't care about that. I just when you talk about twenty percent of the market, all I can think is about well, what about the other eighty percent, Phil? um you're i think what happens is that people okay people look for justifications to not change things okay so and people don't people don't read things correctly people don't understand understand the language correctly they don't understand the process by which PHP itself gets developed and new features get added. So people make oh, people who are running, let's let's use PyroCMS. Use your example of because you say let's move the minimum up from 5.2, which is dead as far as PHP is concerned. No work is being done. No work has been done on it in years and years and years. And then, okay, well, what if we move it up to 5.3? And then you say people on Reddit where you shouldn't be anyway are complaining and saying, oh, what other tools available that can do the same thing? It's like you're you're panicking over a bunch of people that don't want to change and the whole goal should be we want to lift people up we want to lift them up to using better things not sticking with the same old thing out of fear or out of laziness or out of a desire to not change we as developers have those who work with newer stuff how, if they know how to make a coherent argument to somebody to say this is why you should not be worried about 5-2 to 5-3 this is why you should be wanting to use tools that not want to use 5-2 but want to use a 5-3 what you're doing is just you're enabling people you're enabling people to not change and not grow and not learn how to do things better that is how I look at it. if you want to stay on 5-2 you have made a commitment to not get better you have Made a commitment that your current status quo is good enough and then what will happen is one day it will be not and one day you will have your your application die on you your server will die because they all die nothing lasts forever you will not be able to recreate the environment that your thing used to run in because you insisted on sticking with old things instead of having the ability to quickly put something together, to quickly resuscitate your business, your application, and get things back and going again. This is the constant discussion I have with people about why you want to always be paying attention to what's happening to the tools that you use now because one day you will be forced to change by circumstances beyond your control.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When
2: that, when that old 5.2 server dies at the co-location facility you might not even be able to get that version of the operating system anymore. You not might not be able to get those packages anymore. So what are you going to do when you when you're you literally cannot get the thing that runs your business back up and running because there's no way to get those pieces anymore. It's like if you have a car and you can't find pieces for it to fix it. Some, uh, some widget, Jeffries Tube dies on you and now you can't even get the replacement. You can't even cobble together a replacement out of something else. Using that method. So that's why I'm like pandering to people that want to use 5.2. Don't bother, let them go. Let (laughs) them go. Say, you can use this thing. And if you want to use the newer features of this tool, you need to upgrade. If you're not willing to upgrade, then you don't get to use these new things. The existing thing may be fine for you, but we're doing this new thing and it requires a new version of the language. And if you don't want to
0: upgrade, you don't get to use the new thing. It's as simple as that. Oh, see,
1: I, 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 think, I, you, I think you're I, arguing... I,
0: Great, I, on that can one um, so something important to point out with my stats tracking, uh, the way that we always tracked our stats of who was using which version was that um, for new installations, we, we only ever looked at new installations, we didn't track if you've already got it, then you're on this version. So what was interesting to me was if 20% of our user base um, in the last month or uh, tried to install on 5.2, that's still a very active number of people, that's a huge number of people. Um, So those are the stats that I track. It's not a situation of these people installed it fucking ages ago, they left it on there for ages, and they're probably never gonna change, so it will never change, and we'll all just stay in the stone age forever. Um, The way that I worry about stats are what are people doing right now? The people that have um, Pyro installed are probably gonna end up with that version on there for fucking ages anyway, because people don't often upgrade, so I'm more interested in, in the current. Um, and that helped me make decisions about, okay, what version should I try and do next? If people right now are trying to install on 5.2, that's still quite a common thing. So, And again, when I say right now, I'm talking about two or three years ago when I was facing that decision. Um, so it, it's always more interesting to me what people are doing currently because that is my current user base. That is the, the people actually paying money, that are like funding my salary and the salary of the employees. Um, and whilst you can take the, the opinion of, well, fuck you, you should upgrade, and we'll just have a few less employees or company parties, that's not realistic sometimes. It, it depends on, like I said, on the specific project. If I'm just to say, I know that 20% of people this week tried to install on 5.2, and I should just throw a big old error saying, fuck you, upgrade your server, It's it's just not something I could have done in the past.
2: Okay, let me give you a good counter-argument then, Phil, and then I'll let Ed talk, because I know Ed wants to say something. Why aren't you asking these people, why are they so insistent on wanting to run it on 5.2? Shouldn't that be the question that, that's being asked? I don't Not, know
0: how I'd ask them.
2: Well, then then how would you? If you wanted to stop people from do, from installing your product in 5.2, how would you go about doing that? I mean, I think that's a legitimate question. I if you I want think to check for version...
0: People will run away and do other things. It's, it's just... Having lots of conversations with the people I did know that were trying to do it, which I, I don't get to talk to everyone in the community, but. Um having conversations with these people, they're like, we've just got this old shitty server, or like, our guy isn't particularly happy. Again, remembering these conversations are two years old now, so it's like someone trying to install on 5.4. They're like, we just have this one server that handles all our stuff, and we want to put Pyro on there as well, or like, our sysadmin's a little bit scared of this other feature, or whatever it is. Everyone has these bizarre bullshit reasons, and whilst I'm sitting there thinking, you're a fucking idiot, it's it's literally not my job to tell them how to run their servers. Um, My job... What was to uh, to give them a product that they could use. Uh, so whilst I myself would always use the very latest version of people, upgrade the second it comes out. Um, there are always idiots that use old versions of software, and you just have to support that if it matters to your bottom line. If making an ideological decision to say, "Hey, you should probably upgrade," um, wouldn't mean I had to fire an employee. Then I I would I would do it. But to, to throw away twenty percent of my income based on nanny state hand-holding just seems reckless to, to my company.
2: Oh. All right, go ahead, Ed. He's from Canada. He likes I'm, g- I'm going to mute before I start saying other time. stuff. So.
0: <laughs> oh, well,
1: I was just going to say that these are kind of two different arguments, though. The one is you shouldn't allow people to run it on a version that doesn't get security patches anymore. And I think that's a much more compelling reason than I want to do cool new stuff with the programming language. Um, so uh, I can, I really can see that argument with. Uh, I don't think, you, like, at very least, it doesn't mean you even have to say, like, oh, well, I should start using, like, closures so that I somehow break it, like, intentionally on 5.3 or on 5.2 or something like that. You don't have to take advantage of five, two features. But I can see an argument where you say, hey, I see you're uh, running 5.2. You probably really shouldn't do that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and uh, if you choose to do so, uh we can't maybe give you support right maybe you could do something like that but you can continue at your own risk i mean so i could see something like
0: that instead of a hard requirement
1: yeah because it's i mean you know, what, what is the requirement? I mean, it's not, what are you going to do? Like I said, what are you going to do? Like, rewrite your code so it intentionally breaks on 5.2? Or um, or do you just say uh, it requires 5.3 because that's what we're choosing to support. That's what we're going to give you support for. So if you want, it's the same thing as, like, well, I'm not going to support it if you're going to hack the, like, core framework code or something like that, right? You know? Like I'm sure there's something in, in like I don't know, service agreements you have with like Tyro, which is like, well, you go in and change shit, like here, we can't help you with it if you hack like these core files, right? You know, that's a thing that people run into with stuff, but like people do it anyway, you know? But you just, you know, well, sorry, yeah, I mean, what can I do? I, you know, why did you do that? Um, so, uh, I I can, I can kind of go back and forth with that. Um, you know, I don't think, like I said, I don't think you should be required to write like five three plus only code. But I think that I can see, I can see that argument for like not forcing, not saying, basically saying I am going to be conscious pilot and wash my hands of this situation uh, if you choose to to run it on 5.2. two um, and. You know, okay. so at the end of the day, it's really a social engineering thing. I mean, I I, I don't think most of the people who are, I, I really don't believe, and I do I have evidence? No, but I really don't believe anecdotally, uh, based on a- anecdotal evidence, I don't believe that the vast majority of people who install, say, a, a, a relatively simple CMS or WordPress or things like that, um that they are intentionally saying oh man f- fuck 5.3 and everything else above it i'm not going to run that i don't think they're making that decision i think they're trying to figure out the best way they can to get it going on it was probably something that was installed with so- like some kind of installer that was you know set up on like script i don't know script Scriptaculous or script uh, scriptowino or something like that, and they press a button and it installs it for them. They don't know what version they're running. They don't know any of this stuff. So I don't think that you should. I, I it kind of bugs me where we're like calling people idiots and like saying how they're intentionally being, you know, like uh, like intentionally being a about this stuff. Probably they just don't know. And maybe if you took it I and mean, remember that the the people who who use the software, the people that matter, um, maybe you should could just make a suggestion that says, hey, you know, like in your installer thing or whatever, it looks like you're running this version. While we, uh, while the system may work fine on this, we don't support it, you know, and encourage people. It's like, here's what you can do to ask about it. Um, and I, so I, I guess... I mean, there's a couple things going on. I mean, I, I think one. I think the security thing is the most compelling argument. I don't think the other things are all that strong, uh, at least in the say, for the sake of you have to figure out whether it doesn't. I, I think I think the arguments that you make in terms of versions where I we want to do cool stuff with that feature language features and other things are different than we want to cool do uh, things on a, a version that actually has security patches for it. It's still support. I think it's those are two different arguments, and um. You know, we take such a negative—you uh, know—we call—we we take so negative about people who uh, are running on older uh, versions. I, I just I feel like um, really what it is is it's a social engineering thing to try to get people to do something that they probably don't understand very well, and so we have to think very carefully about how you're going to do that and encourage them to do those kinds of things. So uh, I guess I just, I mean, I, I really, I do dig the, uh, the especially the security uh, support side of it. And, but I don't, I think you gotta be really careful about how you sort of think about your users and, and think about how they're interacting with this stuff. They're not dumb and they're probably not intentionally just being dickheads. They probably just don't understand. And, you know. I wasn't suggested. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, but I'm I'm exaggerating. But but the thing is, this software, for the most part, is not written for us. It's not written for people like us. It's written for people not like us. It's to empower them, you know? So maybe if we think about a little more in those terms, uh, maybe we could come up with some little bit, you know, solutions that might ease people into stuff as opposed to sort of, uh, you know, saying fuck you to all those guys, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's good. I like your your middle ground approach. I mean, a soft deprecation, um, a, uh, uh, a soft requirement of, um, of a version. So you still it it will still run on an older version, but you're suggesting that you use a newer version. That's a good documentation message, and that's a good message to the user. Good bit of advice. Good thing to put in a blog. Good thing to put in a compatibility check. And that's that's all documentation. But at the end of the day, you are still supporting that older. Supporting I think is, is the crux of the conversation here. We, we've got yeah. definitions. I think we've be, both been saying different things about supporting. Um, so like supporting could be I literally won't help you uh, our support team won't help you because you've got an old version. Whereas I'm using supporting as in this code will still run on that. Um, right. So, so I, my argument has always been uh, in, in this conversation that it should still run on that but you probably shouldn't be using it. Um, so the thing yeah. about, We're actually kind of agreeing there. Like we need to document saying use newer stuff but it will still work on it because we understand that some people are stuck on it for whatever reason, they are stuck on it. Um, so yeah. Yeah, documentation seems to be the solution. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I don't know. I, it, there's not a lot of good solutions for it, and everybody's cases is different. are different. So it's hard to say, oh, this is the thing that you should do. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm out of steam with that one, I guess. Oh, it's getting late, isn't it? It's after. Well, we should. It
3: yeah, is. we should probably wrap up. This has been a, a long one. We got an hour and a half. We started a little bit late, so
1: we're not too uh, bad. That's okay. yeah, not too bad. Is Crystal there? I'm in a different one. Yeah, I'm still here. He's pretty still angry. Oh, man. He's so angry. No, he's he's a good guy. He just feels passionate about these things.
0: i very passionate. Yeah, well, I'm happy to say I don't have to worry about that crap at all anymore, because uh, I'm not involved with Pyro anymore, so... Oh, whatever. It's new and shiny things. It's very nice. Cashed out. Yes. Sold. Acquired. Gone. Bought you that new fancy
3: one-bedroom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a laptop that apparently can't deal with a light being in the room without giving me a whole neon light display. <laughs> I like that. It's like a Jay Abrams movie.
3: but <laughs> <It's> like <a> deluxe <laughs> <light>. <laughs> uh, I...
0: I
1: I don't know, I guess we should call today and uh, deck out with uh, um, uh, our sponsors and stuff like that. Chris, are you ready to talk about those kinds of things?
2: About sponsors?
1: Well, I can talk about sponsors.
2: Uh, am I ready to talk about closing things off? Sure.
1: Yes. <laughs> Take a drink. I just, wish that,
2: I just wish this was alcohol instead of water, because I'm still mad over this whole discussion. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we had a couple. But the sponsors. title
2: for this, the title for this episode on the Dev Health side is going to be Phil is still fucking wrong, and that's what the title is going to be called.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah, um, we had a couple sponsors. Uh, Wonder Networks, uh, run by um, uh, Pal Reinheimer and uh, Raj Williams. Um, and they uh, are both uh, cool guys, and they make this, this stuff with uh, computers. It's, uh, I think it takes pictures of you in, in different countries, I think is what it does. It's like it takes you and puts you a picture of you um, like, Hey, what do I look like in Rome? And it takes a picture of you there at the Eiffel Tower. So, uh,
3: so Ed, if they were to do my picture in, say... Mm-hmm. Canada, would my beard instantly get four? Is that
1: yes? Right. Yeah. So it, you adopt all the cultural norms of the place, and uh-huh. you would okay. also you would also speak Spanish. And um, so, if you go to Holland, you would wear clogs and smoke tulips.
3: I'm and sure. I'm sure you see that every day, just walking down the street in Holland.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what happens there. That's. That's my understanding. And there are lots of dykes. Um, You might need... Okay. Um, No comment. (laughs) Yep. The dykes all over the place. And um, so that's what Wonder Network does. It shows what it would look like if you were in the land of Holland and Clux. And then uh, there's um, uh, Rove TV... Um, and uh, I, my, they uh, put uh, a content management systems that run on versions of PHP um, as high as 3, and um, they will make sure that it runs well on your, um, your uh, network, your network computer.
3: Now, what if, what if I had PHP 3 in Holland, though?
1: Would then grow. the Internet
3: would explode. Get on with it, Ed.
1: Yes. Yes, that is what would happen. And all of the numbers, uh, the decimals are separated by commas. That's what – that is – I think that's the primary. I think they call that I10N, and uh, that is what – that's what you do there. That's what that so
3: means. I've been wondering. Thank you, Ed.
1: Right. And they're experts at uh, Holland I10N Technologies.
2: Oh yeah, I just gotta note that we also now supported embed we sort support embedded hack on web TV devices now, so that's good. Oh that's awesome. Hey, great. That's,
1: awesome. that's a win, guys. That's everybody a little bit of- yeah.
0: Successful matchup.
1: Very good. All right. See you next time, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yep, and uh, thanks for another episode of Dev Hell and apparently another episode of this other podcast. Uh Town Hall. PHP
2: Town. Town yeah. PHP Town Hall. PHP Town Hall is about right.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you have bye, a good Phil. Day.
2: Bye, Ben. Nice seeing We're you guys again. Yet. you know you're ridiculously wrong. I'll talk to you guys soon.